Frack, 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 there you go. Ha 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 ha. That's the F bomb for sci fi fans. Okay, and this is the breathe in, giggle out portion of the show. Okay. <laughs> this is a joke, you can get it going for an hour. Don't tell anyone, but this was definitely the most fun podcast that I've been on yet. And I've been on a few. We're in conversation anyway. Josh, Liberty, we're going to have company! You're listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy another exciting episode with your hosts, Aaron DeMott, Josh Hart, and Liberty Spidell. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm one of your hosts, Liberty Spidell, and this is episode 23 of this podcast. And today we have Amy Brock McNew for her writing segment today. So in this particular episode, Josh had to drop out for the second half of our recording session with Amy. So we are Joshless. It's just Aaron and me doing the interview, which is a little bit of a different dynamic, but we had fun. And I think Josh was a little bit regretful that he had to leave uh, in the middle of our recording session. So... With Amy, Aaron and I discussed the myriad of places that Amy's notes end up during her plotting process, her unbelievable protection rate during NaNoWriMo, and if you have never done NaNoWriMo, this will sound insane. It's probably not as insane as it sounds, but you still have to be planning pretty hard in order to hit the uh, number that Amy was able to do during NaNo last year. We also discuss her crazy Scrivener slash note card hybrid organizing process. And the goodies in Amy's desk include paydays, yellow starbursts, jelly bellies, plus some other things. And the, the topic of vampiric blood, hmm, you'll have to tune in to figure out what that one's all about. But that was probably one of the my, most eye-opening discussions we've had in a while. We also discuss how Pinterest figures in to relating to her readers. And this is a really good tip for all of our authors who are looking for some marketing ideas. Uh, Amy seems to have hit on something that, you know what? I think I'm going to give a try with my Darby Shaw Chronicles as well. Uh, we also discuss her background in journalism and how that led to her being surprised about the culture within the fiction writing world. We also discuss where her heart is and where she wants to go in the future, where that's concerned. Not so much necessarily with writing, but just life in general. And I think that it will give you a really good look into Amy's personality and her character. Like I mentioned in episode 22, uh, Aaron is doing a giveaway of his book, A New Threat, on Goodreads. So go over to goodreads.com. Uh, look up Aaron DeMott, A-A-R-O-N space D-E-M-O-T-T, and go check out his giveaway for his book. That is going on again through July 1st. I believe that's about all we've got going on in Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards world. So we are going to finish off our interview with Amy Brock McNew. Enjoy! 
Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. We are here with Amy Brock McNew, and we are going to be discussing her writing process in this part of the podcast today. And uh, just for our listeners' benefit, uh, Josh had to drop out, so it's just going to be Aaron and me tonight with Amy for the rest of the podcast. Um, so we'll see how we enjoy this. <laughs> so Amy, be interesting. It will be interesting. Amy, are you a plotter or a pantser? I'm a plotser. A plotser. <laughs> I'm OCD, so you would think that I would be like plot crazy and everything would be plotted down to the last minute detail, but I have an odd process, so I go half and half. <laughs> so well, that leads right into our next question. What does your writing process look like? As I said, it's a little bit odd, but I have heard strangers, so I don't feel so bad. Okay. It's just when you're ideas come to me, I bet. Um, when the ideas come to me, it's usually at the worst time, so I have to rush to my phone or yeah. whatever's handy to write on. I've got uh, notes everywhere on the oddest things. We've got napkins, backs of magazines, postcards, back of the stack of mail that I've just brought in the house. Um, once I settle into it and get a better picture, then I start this binder. <laughs> Everything has a binder. That's where the OCD comes in. Um, but usually I've got a lot going on at once. I'm At the same time, I'm creating character profiles and gathering their pictures and things like that. I'm working on the rules of whatever world that I'm writing at that time um, and doing research. So I, I kind of move from place to place. Um, I get bored easy, so if I sit there doing the same thing all the time, <laughs> I have to move. Um, sometimes I have to get into more research once I start writing, because um, you never know what you're going to run into. But um, usually, when I sit down to write, I will sketch out a few, a paragraph or two of a scene. Sometimes the scene just comes to me, and bam, you can put it down, no problem. Sometimes I sit and think, what do I need here? Um, what needs to happen? Where does this need to go? And so. But um, usually I just sit down and follow the trail and then clean it up later. Turn mm -hmm. my music on because I can't write in silence and let it go where I want. <laughs> Fix it all in editing. And then you got to go outside and scare the neighbors, huh? Yes. <laughs> Typically I try to work those out before I get into the hardcore. I'm going to sit down, you know, and pound out 8,000 words a day kind of thing. But um uh, yeah, we've, we've had to stop in the middle and be like, nope, this isn't going to work. We've got to go back and try this again. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange process. <laughs> hey, if it works, it works. So. Sounds a lot more fun than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so how long does it take you to knock out a draft? Uh, with Rebirth, it was about a year. Because mm -hmm. I'm coming from journalism and writing song lyrics to novel writing, so I'm learning on the fly. Um, how to stretch these things out and everything that's entailed. So. Mm -hmm. um, book two is going a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. It'll end up being four months start to finish to end of first draft. So. Mm -hmm. When did you start that? Book two. Um, mm -hmm. I started that in November with NaNoWriMo, so I got a oh, good. really big kickoff on that one. I actually ended up getting like 70000 done then, so it's taken me. Wow. Um, wow. Well, I had blocked off the month of and the only thing I had to worry about was Thanksgiving, so <laughs> I had the time, and I'm actually hoping to finish that draft this weekend. So. 
And our next question here, have you heard of the wonders of Scrivener-sama? Or in other words, what rating software do you prefer? I love the Scrivener. It's fabulous, <laughs> darling. Fabulous. Um, yes. <laughs> I got her. That is payback. Um, but no, somebody introduced me to it. I mean, Word's cool. Word has been my friend for a long time. Word is not novel-friendly. I did not discover this until I discovered the wonder that is Scrivener, and now I'm addicted. Plus, it's got all these neat little folders and things, so, you know, it's like my OCD dream come true. What, what really is bizarre is I've heard some people that are, like, severe plotters. No, no, I don't really like Scrivener. I just, you know, get the cork board out or the note cards. Like, you, you do know you can do all that in one place, right? Anyway. You, you want to know something very sad? I... What? Not only do I use the corkboard and every file and folder and manner of organization on Scrivener. <laughs> <laughs> All over the wall, you will see whiteboards and corkboards. That yeah, it's, I've got it bad. I made up. <sighs> I was gonna say for those of us who are for those of you who are just listening to this, she turned her screen around and here's this giant picture <laughs> filled with I might have to try to get a screenshot of that and uh put it on the on the uh web when we post the show notes. No, actually like four I just noticed a block of four of my cards are missing and I forgot the other day I had the window open and the this bleep breeze blasted in and it took all my cards from my court board and blew them over to my I have a character board that has all their pictures and my note cards are just <laughs> hanging in my character's pictures. <laughs> and now they're sitting here. This is them Random right here. Generation they're all out of order and bugging the dickens out of me and I've been so busy that I can't even get in here and tack them back up where they go. Well, we'll have you for, what, 20 more minutes, and then you can fix it. <laughs> so, unless it's really uh, bugging here's you. Here's a tip for anybody who's stuck plotting. Just put your corkboard and your uh, plot and your character near an open window and let what come, what come in. It's called nature plotting. It's the natural way of writing your story. <laughs> Josh is going to be sorry he missed out on this. <laughs> so, how do you handle the editing phase? First, I growl because I don't like it. <laughs> I put it off as long as possible. They say let the manuscript sit for a week or two. I prefer longer. Or five or ten. <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, sometimes I and I get so immersed in my story world, it's not even real. Like I forget to feed my one son. It's a good thing that he's 17 and can cook. Um, otherwise, <laughs> you know, he would have wasted away by now. Um, and uh, <laughs> but seriously, I will um, look through it. I usually print it out, go through it that way, mark things up. I love red pens, so that doesn't really bother me. And then I go back, enter all that, and usually do do that four or five times. My editor usually doesn't even see it until I've been through it four or five times. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. 
I'm yes, my I'm, girl. For our listeners, I'm holding up the manuscript I just finished editing last night, and red pen everywhere. But see, I had to train myself. Another reason that the the first draft of Rebirth took so long is because this perfectionism syndrome I have was horrible when I first started writing my first novel. Um, because I wanted to go back and edit it, edit like every chapter and every scene as I finished it, and I'd spend like hours editing it, realizing, hey, I kind of need to write the rest of the. Um, so that man, that took forever to get out of, and I still mm -hmm. have a little habit of doing it, but thankfully I write a little cleaner now. Yeah. Than I did the first time, so. You should try yeah. adding a bit of workaholicism in there, and uh, it gets messy. <laughs> It's an it's an issue. It's like a food. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got my chocolate drawer. It's got paydays in here too, so I you know I'm good. So they just have to fend for themselves. There you go. A little bit of protein, you'll be fine. <laughs> so there's payday. We got the peanuts. Throw one of those uh, burned water feeders right above your desk. So you can just you can get a couple drops of water now and then, and you'll be fine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, some sugar water, you know. We'll just feed you like a hummingbird. <laughs> All right, our next question is, how do you deal with writer's block, or do you even get it? And apparently she just opens her window when writer's block comes flying <laughs> away or something. I no longer suffer from writer's block because I've purchased the natural method now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a miracle. Um... Actually, I don't. I've never really had a problem with that. If you've known me for two seconds, you know I've always got something to say about everything. Um, We're only twelve hundred easy pages. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm, not everything I write is good. A lot of things get deleted and scrubbed until they're something completely different. Um. But it's it's not really a problem. I think. Well, IBM gave us the backspace. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I, there's so much going on in my head. Usually what I do is, I, I've gotten stuck on certain scenes before, like, you know what, this isn't working, or something needs to happen here, and I don't know what needs to happen, so I'm just going to leave them, you know, chained to the floor or something and go write <laughs> something else. <laughs> I'm horrible to my characters. It's awful. These poor people, if they were real, they would hate me. I'd be yeah. on a hit list. Yes, I understand that problem. <laughs> but yeah, then I'll just go and torture them in some other way. Now, the other day I did leave them and then go write a, you know, jolly little happy scene with them, so <laughs> maybe that makes up for the torture later. <laughs> so besides the paydays, uh, what snacks or beverages are must-haves when you sit down to write? I like my cherry vanilla Coke, I like my coffee, and sweet tea. Sometimes water if I'm trying to be good, but, you know, that rarely happens. So. Um, I know, bad girl. Shame. For shame. Um, like I said, the boys have stocked my chocolate drawer, so I'm good. Um, and then Starburst and Jelly Bellies. I have, I have an issue. Well, Starbursts are just so tangy and sweet and fruity, and, and I love lemon because it's tart and sweet. So, you know. If anybody ever needs to bribe Amy, just find all the yellow Starbursts. Or Ruffles, potato chips, and French onion dip. I will eat the devil out of this. 
Those are good. Well, see, the, nice thing about, the nice thing about yellow scarpers, though, is everybody else has a whole stockpile of them because the only ones they eat are the pink and red ones. Yeah, right? I'm like, the yellow, that's where the bite's at, man. That's that's the hardcore candy, I'm telling you. So you have any of these little two-packs right there? There's two mystery Starburst in these. That's I'll what I call a dead dud is when you get two limited. Okay, here's what we... Okay, here's... I, I'm going to show you how bad this problem is. Okay, here we have two bags. I'm, I'm telling you, my guys keep me stopped. It's awesome. Two bags. And these are the best ever. Those are what, one or two gallon bags? <laughs> Dude, you're riding me out here. 14 ounces. Well, one of them has about six ounces left because, well, you know. But these are Starburst jelly beans. These are like some of the best things ever. But I when I love eat them, Starburst good jelly beans. Yeah. I do feel like I'm cheating on my jelly bellies when I eat them, though. But I, got a, I got a yellow just for you. He's evil. He is showing me lemon starbursts across the country. I'm, pass I'm passing it to you through the internet. Tormenting me. You know, that is not a display of brotherly love. Hey, I would totally give this to you through the internet if that were possible. <laughs> okay, well, that got you some points back. You watch, three you, you watch three days later, Amy will get this package in the mail. Like, what is this? A stale Starburst? What the? Is <laughs> oh. wet on this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh. This will be a fun one. What's the weirdest thing you've ever Googled? And we'll pretend Actually, it was for a book. The absolute weirdest thing that I ever Googled was the other day when a friend of ours made a post on the Rail Makers Alumni Board. And I had to look it up, and I spent the rest of the day looking at this and not writing. It was ridiculous. The rate of coagulation for vampiric blood. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that one. Awesome. I, kind of went, I just, I don't know. Scrolling, but... I completely missed that one. Dude, it, it was good. It, it, this was like a righteous post. I, I was so into this. And I, I just, I don't know. There, there are varied opinions, is, is what I come up with in my research. Um, I'm leaning toward the camp of a higher viscosity. I just imagine that, you know, their blood is thicker than ours. Um, but my, my science... Well, I thought they didn't have any blood at all, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah. Other than that, um, I did actually try to see if I could find something from a legend or um, myth uh, somewhere in mythology that might have described what might happen to a demon who was um, found and imprisoned in Tartarus. <laughs> yeah, okay. that was a see that that was that okay. that was the weird. I think that's right up there. Yes, yeah, definitely different. So, and it was actually for somebody else's story, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> But it does sound like something that I would look up for mine. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I know you're uh, just getting your first book out, but do you have <clears throat> any suggestions on marketing practices that you're finding are work that are working for you? Facebook has been a big thing on me uh, for me. 
-hmm. And I've got mine linked to Twitter because I always forget about Twitter. Um, so I figure if I do it that way, then I'm still posting on Twitter, and then I go back and check it every now and then. Um, it's just so hard to remember all of these platforms. Um, mm -hmm. Now, Pinterest, I do that too. I have found that that's a good way, uh, you know, especially for your female audience. Um, that seems to be a big draw. They like to see um, what ideas you have in mind, like what your. I've got a board for each book, and so I may have quotes that fit the characters or scriptures that fit the story, uh, pictures of who I envision the characters looking like, um, setting, costumes, weapons, immersive things like that. And I found that just in this short time that I've been doing this, anything immersive and interactive like that that you can do with your readers and for them is that's the best. They love it. They eat it up, um, which I do too as a reader. I like to, you know, even before I was thinking about writing a novel, it was I liked getting to know the author as a person, what they like, what their quirks were, and it, it's my husband and I were just talking about that. If they can feel like they know you and if they like you, mm -hmm. then there's a better chance that they'll like your books. It's it's marketing 101, building a relationship. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, so that's, that's where I am focusing my efforts. Um, that's where the main brunt of my efforts are. Is this is me. These are the stories I write. Mm -hmm. so. Get that relationship going. So. Yep. Which fandom or fandoms do you feel have influenced your writing the most? That was another tough question. Um, there's just there's there's so much good stuff out there. Um, probably Lord of the Rings. I those books were just pivotal for me, and I know a lot of people say that, but his description of the worlds um, that he created. Um, and then these characters that you just feel like you knew them, and then especially after the movies comes out, the movies came out, you were like, "Yes, mm -hmm. this is how I pictured them. This is this is what I wanted in my head," and it you know it just made the experience so much more. Um, but his detail and then in settings and and description and things and the characters and the wisdom that he interjected in it, everything it everything was a lesson. Um, but you didn't feel like you were being taught a lesson. Mm -hmm. You were involved in this great fantastical adventure, um, and you were so caught up in it, and the lesson sticks with you, and you didn't even realize it. I, I like that. Um, probably because I don't like to be beat over the head with stuff. Um, yeah, nobody so to have, Yeah, to have writing... <laughs> um, you know, be able to give that to you, the whole moral of the story thing, without you feeling like you've, you know, been pounded with the moral of the story. Um, I like that. And then, too, you know, I got to say, Joss Whedon. Mm. Um, yes. The way he writes, there's just such depth to it. Mm -hmm. Anything that he's written. I mean, even something like when Buffy the Vampire Slayer started out goofy as all oh, get out, but seriously, as it evolved, and he was able to do what he really wanted to do. Attitude that leads to being eaten. <laughs> yeah, but I just and then with Firefly, I I know I've mentioned that 
earlier in part one of this broadcast, but I, I love that story world. Mm -hmm. I love I love the any story world really that Joss Whedon has created. I've loved um, just that depth and richness, mm -hmm. and you know and that's what I want to that's what I want in my writing. So, what is your favorite book? Again, I am bucking the system. Other than, Other than what? Other Karen? than your own. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, um, and I knew this question was coming, and I can't narrow it down to a single book. And this is actually going to shock some people. So here's the surprise moment of the evening. It's not a book. It's a series. Okay. And it is not spec -fake. Oh, you're pulling a Becky Minor. <laughs> oh. I'm assuming she picked a series as well. <laughs> Trilogy. You did. Trilogy. There you go. So I'm in good company, so I don't feel as bad. But I do kind of feel bad that it's not spec fake, but it's great writing. Gilbert Morris's House of Winslow series. I As soon as they came out when I was younger, when they he was writing them, every time that one would come out, I would eat it up. I was at the bookstore ready to get it. Um, my first set of the first... 20 books actually pretty much fell apart. <laughs> um, just the, the richness. I mean, the way he wrote, I mean, seriously, he could have put some specific elements in there and had a Tolkien-esque story. I mm. mean, it's just that rich of a story world. It starts in, 1600, in uh, 1600s in England um, and comes follows this family, the Winslow family, all the way up to, I think he stopped right after World War one or something like that. I didn't get to read the last one, so I interfered. Um, but yeah, love that one. And if I had to pick spec fic book, Demon, hands down. Tosca's book. It's a demon? Demon, a memoir. My tough belief. Okay. I've not read that one yet. <laughs> and what's something that surprised you the most about being an author? The camaraderie among writers. I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. in, in a, like I said, the only other writing I'd done before was music or journalism. Well, in journalism, no one is your friend. Everyone wants the scoop, and they will take it from you um, quicker than you can say Jack Spratt. I mean, it's just, Ugh. it's a completely different world. Yeah, it's cutthroat, hateful. Um, of course, you don't have to play that way, mm -hmm. um, and I did just find not playing that way. I found my own stories, um, as many do, but coming into writing novels, is it's a whole different ballgame in so many ways, but one of the biggest differences and, and something that pleasantly surprised me was, yeah, that, that bond between writers. And it doesn't matter if it's if they're CBA, ABA, or somewhere in between, um, I've got friends that definitely do not write Christian fiction, um, <laughs> and they will promote my stuff, um, knowing that I, I don't read theirs, and it's not something that I would want to promote, they still will promote my stuff. Um, a couple of them have been mentors to me. Um, CBA authors giving me pointers, and then just everyone in between. I've, I've found so many great mentors and friends. It's like a big family, and I, I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I came in half, expecting to have to learn and do everything on my own because everybody was out to make sure their book was number one. 
um, that's what I expected coming in. And so that was the great surprise for mm -hmm. me and a very pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. That just puts a smile on my face just because I've experienced that for the last 10 years. So <laughs> even though I've only been published yeah. for two. So. Yeah. so what's one piece of writing advice you want to share with aspiring authors? Close your window. <laughs> yes, close your window or your plot will be changed forever. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. Spill your guts on the page. Don't hold back. Don't be scared to write those words that pop into your head. Go with that first instinct. Get it down. It's real. It's raw. And that's, that's where it's at. That's... I always, in, in my bio it says, I think fiction can be truer than our sheltered and controlled realities. And that is where the truth at is at. When you strip yourself down and mentally and emotionally, and that's when you write. That's when you find the gold. That's when you find the truth. So don't be afraid of that. Um, if it's bad, you can go back and fix it later. Mm -hmm. um, but get those guts on the page because a reader and even before I was writing, I could tell when an author was not into something, when it, it wasn't their heart, their passion. Um, you can just feel it in the writing. Um, so put that passion in it. Put those guts on the page. That's where you find it. That's when the magic happens. Nice. I like that. And what would you like to accomplish next? More than just a book? goal or a book being written, what's a long-term personal goal where your career is concerned? Where my career is concerned? Um, I would actually like to also branch into speaking. Um, my key focus being young women, uh, those that have been in or are in the sex industry um, in whatever form that takes um, and those that have been rescued from trafficking. Um, it's an issue very close to my heart. These these women are very. My heart is for them for several reasons. Um, yeah. And I used to uh, lead a self defense class um, because I had said earlier that I started Muay Thai before I met my husband. I started Muay Thai after I myself was attacked. Um, and then afterwards, a couple of years after that, I started actually teaching self-defense techniques. Um, and I wanted, so I want to do something like that again. I want to empower uh, women like that again, just in a different way. Um, you know, I want them to know that they can win, that they're not worthless, no matter what they've done or how far they think they've fallen or, you know, what's happened to them. Um, I want to give them the means and the opportunity. Um, so, I mean, actually it sounds like more of wanting to start some sort of organization um, than just uh, speaking, but uh, so that you can actually touch their lives and just stoke that, that fire, even if it's just a little spark inside of them, uh, for a passion and send them out to help others as well. Um, I. I want to turn victims into survivors, mm -hmm. into fighters. That's what I want to do. Whether it's through my writing, uh, whether it's through speaking, um, whether it's for ministering to these women in, you know, whatever form that takes. 
that's what I that's what I want to do. That's that's the whole purpose of this thing. Wow. So where can our listeners go to learn more about you or your work? <sighs> right now it feels like I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, you should see my browser tabs. There's like forty two of them open. Oh I yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, I closed one and I'm like, hey, where did you come from? I haven't seen you in Ohio. Oh, you've been <laughs> out there open, waiting on me. Um, right now, it's uh, my website is a, is a main one, um, amybrockmcnew.com. It's where all my info is. My homepage is constantly updated with news and contests and surprises and such. Um, I'm pretty active on my blog on there, which is titled Guts on the Page. Um, actually, I have a series coming up. Doing character interviews of all the characters, the main characters. Those are always fun. Yeah, I just finished that Hearts on the Page series, which was uh, Liz and Ryland writing letters back and forth before the beginning of Rebirth. Excuse me. That was an interesting situation to dig further into that. Um, And then I also have a What's What's Amy Listening To section on there, which um, every week I update it with five or six new songs that are stuck in my head or inspired me that week. So there's a lot of rotating content on my website. What, what, what's, um, what's this week's songs? And I'm going to have to pull it up. I know the top one, the one on the very top, is the title of the deleted scene that you can get through my newsletter, which is the culmination of that Hearts on the Page series. And it's A Broken Heart Still Beats. It's by a group called The Riggs. Um, Love their music, such passionate music. It's it's got a bluesy rock, country mix feel. Um, a lot of the stuff that I uh, have on there usually, you can always tell what kind of mood I'm in that week <laughs> <laughs> by what's coming up, or it's either what mood I'm in or what so- what kind of scene I'm writing because I have playlists for all of them. Um, Soulfire Let's by see. Twelve Stones. Let's not go visit Amy this week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 12 Stones, love those guys. So I got Soulfire up this week. I've got um, Breath of Life from Snow White and the Huntsman up. Pieces by Red, because Red is, those are my guys. Love them. Uh, I'll Follow You by Shinedown. Great love song. Awesome. And then Victory, Two Steps from Hell. Great writing music, especially for battle scene. So there's, there's, you know, that stuff and, and everything else on there, I, I like to rotate the content out and keep it fresh and updated. So there's always going to be something new. Every week there's going to be something new and different on my website. Um, and also my Facebook, very, very active on Facebook. You guys know that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of interesting stuff on there, quirky <laughs> stuff. We have some fun over there on my Facebook page. Um, when we're not- it's awesome. I can tease people all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, like I said, on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at Amy Brock McNew. Um, my Facebook page is Amy Brock McNew Author, by the way. Okay. And then on Pinterest, again, under Amy Brock McNew. <laughs> I try to make things easy, so I'm easy to find. Yeah, that's always good. So. <laughs> and then there's always my publisher's website. Have a love to read, love to write, publishing.com. Lots of great stuff on there. Got some great authors, some great books coming up. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you the lineup because it's freaking awesome. You guys are going to love it. Um, 
And then my newsletter. Don't forget to sign up for my newsletter. You get a little pop-up thing when you go to the website. You got a contest going on right now too. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight. We sure did appreciate it, and we had a lot of fun. Thank you. I did too. This is I wasn't sure what to expect because I've <laughs> never done anything like this before. So I was pleasantly surprised. It was a lot of fun. Even though I had to pull out my church lady well, bulletin. You, you, before, you should expect complete insanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's what I was worried about is because I know you guys. And I know me, and then we all get together. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1 by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. This means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs>